Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Hilford, joined by Ewan Patterson. Hello. I'm Josh Brown. Hello. My friends, it is 2020. This is the first episode of 2020 of the new year of us returning to the office to make the hashtag content. Can you believe it's been 20 years since the millennium? I, ridiculous. To be honest, I couldn't until now, but mm. it is ridiculous. Also, the year that Cyberpunk 2077 comes out. Also very true. And a bunch of other games that we're going to talk about today. Well, I know. So basically, I went through all of the most anticipated things for the rest of the year, and then we blind ranked them the same way that we do for the Game of the Year stuff, um, where we had the finalized list of 10 uh, 10 games and we ranked them whatever you put at number one got 10 points all the way descending down to one point at the bottom and then i blind ranked them together so you guys don't know what our most anticipated no games are. we're kind of obsessed with this format i there, think there it's was fun no, there was no real reason to do it <laughs> no this, but i'm pleased we did <laughs> yeah you know, i feel like it's our thing now I, yeah. I bond with you two over this look if you're in your seventh year of list making you've got to think of ways <laughs> to, to spice it up so as a spice runner poe dameron i'm doing it um so to bust out the most anticipated games uh yeah we'll reveal them as we go number two 10 with only four points was Animal Crossing New Horizons. Yeah, you need to tell me why this is, why I need to get excited for this. Well, it's weird, right? Because Animal, I love Animal Crossing. Have you guys played any Animal Crossing? No, but people tell me to all the time. Yes, it's lovely. Very much wholesome. I only played New Leaf for a little bit. My wife has a happy home designer, which we got in the run-up to getting a house. Um, But that's actually one of the worst ones. Um, But I mean, we'll get past Animal Crossing quite quickly because nearly everything else on here is a bigger deal. Um, But the reason that game matters is just that it's the most wholesome thing ever. Just Mm. play, make your little animal avatar and just make friends and trade fish. Isn't Tom Nook a bit of a wrong Yes, though. so he well he's kind of lovable, but he's he's the guy that comes in and cashes in. He's the tax man, so he's always coming in, going, "You can't afford that house. You can't afford this. <laughs> what are you doing?" And you're like, "Oh God, Tom Nook, you've got a cool amiibo, but Jesus." Hang on, I thought this a lot was, of that. I thought this was wholesome holiday game. You're well, telling no, me is. that the main now is like financial well, yeah. okay. management two K twenty. This is the weird thing with with the new one because they're doing like it's on an island. You're this. It's like this tourist thing, and you arrive on this island, and you you know you make your, your and haven. You never leave. And you, yeah, potentially you never leave. Um, and you, Mr. Nook seems to be there. I don't know if KK slider is there but he's he's a guitar playing dog that i hope sort of you know flies in at some point excellent um but the the only worry i have with this is that they might be bringing across too much of these stuff from pocket camp i don't know if you guys played that on the yes, phones very briefly yeah so that was a microtransaction grindy nightmare where yeah. it was like oh all the lovely wholesome things you've been doing for decades or for a long time at this point what if we just charged you to speed up it takes 20 hours unless you want to pay 50 pence and it was like oh god nintendo do you have to ruin everything on phones they, apparently they can't do that like their phone division is it's been quite bad man like over the 
been terrible to be honest. The phone division sounds like some sort of nasty war group. That's already a bad sign. At this stage, those games are war crimes, so it's it's bad. But I mean, yeah, they ruined Doctor Mario, Mario Kart. They somehow got wrong. It was just like whatever. But I I hope that none of those lessons that they trialed in that game come across to the full one, and we can just have a nice wholesome time on Animal Crossing. Because that's why I love the Nintendo Switch. I played it a lot over Christmas, and I got into Pokemon for the first time ever. And I want games like that for the little Switch, where I can just sort of. To me, that console is associated with, you know, it doesn't have any of the baggage that the PlayStation 4 has. When mm. I go onto it, I don't feel like I'm overwhelmed by systems. And I just get to play these little experiences that transport me to a different world for a little bit. And Animal Crossing is one that I've always wanted to get into, but never have had a jumping on point mm-hmm. apart from, you know, the phone one, which obviously I tried. Yeah, don't do that. And now I'm hoping, Scott, this can be the one for me. I think it will be. As to end that point, what animal would you guys play as? You can play any animal on an island in clothes. Uh, is this like a furry game? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. which fur are you going to be? Yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm going to be a sloth, so in a little touch. Does that come with, like, speed impediment? Sadly, yes, but it does mean I can build stuff really slowly, and it's really worth it That's at the, the end. The butt there was meant to be a good thing that you get at the expense of being slow. I want to be No, a... I want to be a little slow sloth in my, on my couch, making my house. That's quite good, that, actually. Yeah. yeah. Come trade fish. Don't be afraid to catch fish. <laughs> can you be a fish? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of uh, You can't have... be a fish. I was say, if you could be a fish, that would mm. be kind of terrifying. It is weird, because they've, they've given true. life to very many animals, but you still catch fish and trade them and stuff like that, but I guess the fish don't have voices, unless I missed that. I think I'd be a little penguin. Can you be a penguin? Can be a penguin. I'll be a one, of the, one. one of the characters is already a penguin, I think. But you can probably be a little penguin. Can I be a seal that screams all the time? I don't believe so, but maybe New Horizons on an island. <laughs> maybe they'll be screaming seals. Anyway, number nine was Watch Dogs Legion with six points. Now, I forgot this even existed. Yeah. <laughs> what did you guys think? Well, before we even came in, you mentioned this game exists, and I thought, didn't that come out last year? And then it didn't come out last year. <laughs> that was Days Gone. But right? you know what? It sucks because I'm very negative on it there, obviously, but I'm actually quite like looking forward to mm. Watch Dogs. Even the first one, I quite liked, but I really like Watch Dogs 2 mm-hmm. and I thought they took it into an interesting you know, direction. I like what they're doing that every sort of NPC can be in your team and can yes. be controllable. I like that persistent nature to it. I need to see a little bit more. It does seem very much like another Ubisoft game mm-hmm. at a time when Ubisoft are releasing more and more other Ubisoft games, but hopefully it's going to be good. I want this franchise to succeed in the way it was supposed to back mm-hmm. at the dawn of you the just generation. You play our Bethel, don't you? Just I was going to say, yeah. old Bethel just It'll, like shooting yeah. down all the people. <laughs> Like, you've got I'm, your furries, I've got her. I don't have Ethel any... And Bethel. Uh, no. Uh, I'm, not really, <laughs> I'm not really keen on Watch Dogs, and it's a shame because I know there was good things about Watch Dogs too, but obviously I feel as though everyone was kind of... A, a way to lay your marker down for their entire generation of consoles. Mm-hmm. That first Watch Dogs E3 demo, mm-hmm. and then the subsequent launch was definitely not the way to do it. And I feel as though that's kind of a cloud that lingers over this franchise. Mm-hmm. And between, you know, The Division 2 and Ghost Recon Breakpoint that released last year, you be kind of in a... Not a I don't want to say it's a make-or-break situation, right now because they will keep making games forever Mm. and ever and ever but this has to be something genuinely unique and all you know i guess it depends on whether that system where you can become Ah, Bethel from down <laughs> Coronation Street. Who's the grandmother of you? Yes. Grandmother? Grand- the grandmother. The grandmother. Uh, if you haven't seen her yet. Basically that, that needs to actually stick the landing and if it doesn't, then this could be a bad thing. Apparently uh, yeah. they've got a bunch of like new technology because the thing is Ubisoft are, are obsessed with procedural generation in all of its forms, whether that's level-based stuff, environment stuff, whatever, different quest systems. Um, and apparently they've designed some sort of system with this that procedurally generates animations based on who you're playing as. Um, and it seems that like, they want to make an entire city playable, but to make 
make that differentiable, they have to then give every single person a unique feel when you're moving as them. And I get yeah. that. I think it'll be class-based or, or type-based. I think they'll have the grandmother animation set and then the teenager animation set. And I think it'll just be kind of like that. I think that's a decent Maybe way to work. do it. I, I have some slight optimism for this game just because at the end of 2019, when Ubisoft did their last financial report, they kind mm. of acknowledged that Breakpoint was a major underperformer. And that even was a game that I forgot happened. Was, exactly. Division 2, like you said, even, even that underperformed. So they recognized that. They pushed a bunch of games out of their initial windows for this year. Mm. So hopefully they're giving every single project the time it needs and the resources it needs to actually be interesting and unique and good. Mm-hmm. But then again, this is Watch Dogs 3. Maybe they're just pumping it out because they need some game. I don't know. I don't know. I like to, yeah, to sort of close out the Watch Dogs point, for me, the IP is still quite scarred from what it represented at the beginning of the generation. Um, I do love Watch Dogs 2, but I don't think... Well, I say love. I really like Watch Dogs 2, but I think that they... I think they could do with just abandoning it. I don't think the Watch Dogs name has that much worth. Um, and the, the best possible scenario is like, yeah, they made it good, mm. I guess. In conclusion, stop trying to make Watch Dogs a thing. Yes, <laughs> a thing. Mr. Legion. Uh, number eight with 10 points was Streets of Rage 4. Now, um, I put this on here because obviously it's Streets of Rage. It's a big old deal. They're doing a numeric sequel for the first time in quite a while, about 20 years or something. Um, and I think it's just worth talking about something like River City Girls was so well animated. Still haven't played that. I really Oh, God, it's gorgeous. Because um, it's weird. For me, uh, 3D brawlers sort of died out, but there, there has been a handful of really well-made 2D brawlers that have like, like River City Girls, uh, Mother, Mother Russia Bleeds. Um, you know, games that get around the whole, like the awkwardness of trying to line up your lane when you're playing those games. Um, and I hope that they sort of like take that forward. Like, what does the Streets of Rage IP mean to you guys? Well, this is it. It's one that always kind of passed me by, but mm. the fact that is, like you said, it's a numbered sequel for the first time in a while, and it looks like it's just trying to do what it does best without mm-hmm. any kind of, like, I don't know, bells and whistles or whatever. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot of franchises seem to be returning and trying to, you know, give their franchises a new lease on life by mm-hmm. giving you that numbered sequel. We've seen that fail with the likes of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5, but <laughs> I, I have yes. hope in this, and I know that wherever he is, Richard... Our friend Richard is, you know, really <laughs> I think he's out for lunch. He's not someone who's died. Yeah, that's Richard. Dead, and he's, yeah, yeah but, he's still fine. But still, I mean, in regards to like the amount of animation that they seem to be putting into it, I think something like again, River City Girls is one of the the best uh, like new games that prioritizes animation and just like Scott Pilgrim was a great example. I was going to mention too. that. Yeah. Like, I'm really mm-hmm. not really like massive on this genre, but I loved Scott Pilgrim. That game was so so good. And again, I'm really interested in playing River City Girls. Mm-hmm. So this is something that I think is great to have it as just as a presence, even if you're not going to pick it up. I think it's great to just have it and acknowledge it and yes. say that yes, we finally have these these games are still going strong. I think mm-hmm. that's really kind of inspiring in, in the in the, the age of like you know so many like that i've already forgotten the all the different crazy <laughs> uh, graphical techniques they use in the new current generation uh-huh. something about ray pictorial tracing. ray tracing there, there is that's the one yeah i just think in terms of like the amount of genres on the go at once like it, mm. like you said it's just good to see um number seven with 13 points was halo infinite i'm weirdly not excited about it but i'm curious this is an ip that i think should die but <laughs> they, they because they they are so determined to give it the reboot it makes me curious it makes me wonder what the hell they're going to do with it to make it worthwhile yeah. again. As someone who, used, like, I loved Halo. I loved Halo. I, to was, adore I literally it, yeah. had I've, my first PlayStation console was the PlayStation 4 and I went onto that after, you know, Microsoft's disastrous E3 <laughs> where they basically, you know, crapped the bed with, with the Xbox One mm. and that was a shame because I missed Halo. I wasn't a big fan of Halo 4, I must admit. I thought the story was okay. I thought the multiplayer was kind of, they needed bungees, you know, emphasis on balance to really get it right. I thought they didn't. So I'm still kind of just here and there. Yeah. But at the end of the day, sometimes I come back home and I'm like, oh, I really wish I had the Master Chief collection so I could play Halo 3 yep. multiplayer because, oh my God, that was amazing. So 
I'm kind of curious about what they're mm. going to do with this. As a Halo fan, I'm probably not going to get it because I'm not going to get an Xbox anytime soon. But at the same time, you know, I, it's kind of reassuring to have Halo still going, but it's the fact that it's still Master Chief and what mm. they're going to do with this. I have no idea what to expect. My thing that, that makes me... The, like, yeah, I don't know how they modernize Halo in terms of the things that this generation brought to the genre, like the weightiness of Destiny or Titanfall 2 or Doom. Like, the, the kineticism of Doom is so insane. I know that's very signature of that franchise, but in terms of, like, you know, first-person shooters that we go back to a lot... Um, and they tend to have ground slides and more like movement options and things like that. Whereas like I went back to, I go back to Halo quite a lot, like the Master Chief Collection, and it is quite slow in comparison. And I, I just, I wonder what the hell they can even do to the core of Halo without making it not Halo That's anymore. the thing, I think they should keep it because right. one of my issues with Halo 4 is that I know Halo Reach had the sprint button and they had the armor abilities, which mm. were fine, you know, I didn't hate them, but they were kind of a bit weird. I think Halo <laughs> works because it's, almost it's it stood still but in a good way it's had a great mm -hmm. formula and it should keep to that it hasn't tried to necessarily mimic other franchises i know it has with halo 4 it did kind of take some other elements from other fps's mm -hmm. but for the most part halo should just be proud of what halo is and totally. keep halo mm -hmm. halo -y. it mm -hmm. doesn't need to be adapting to different kind of trends which is why the open world is it's meant to be semi-open world they've sort of teased it yeah, yeah they've just said that they're yeah they're trying to build like bigger play spaces the usual yeah it's it, it's weird to me i think it could work but at the end of the day you know maybe i just have halo 3 and that's why. I I, yeah, I wonder how they how they get around the nostalgia pull. Like That's, it's such an old um, franchise. At I this think point. I like, conflict with you a bit there, mm. you because I'm like a lapsed fan. I used to love it, but for mm. me, I've I've grown out of it. I feel because it stayed so similar. Mm. But I feel like since three four three studios took over, they've done like a pretty good job. But because it's not at the level it was at you know Halo two three Reach, I feel like it's sort of it's done the same thing more or less. It's tried to introduce a couple new things here and there, but the bones of it for me have stayed too similar. Mm. But mm. it's not been at the level that it should be. If it maintained the level and consistently delivered Halo solid experiences, mm. you know, that were of that caliber, I would be happy to have more of it. But it reminds me a lot of where Gears was after Gears 4, where mm. a new mm. team came in and it felt like Gears, but it was more Gears. And it wasn't quite the Gears you remembered. Mm. And it's like that could be fine but i want to know i don't, even, I don't know how you do it but i want to know what a different halo would look like a revolutionized halo because mm. i think there is space for it especially in an era where so many franchises and ip have been revitalized mm. like you couldn't get, get get me to play a god of war game five years ago <laughs> but now god of war 2 is one of my most anticipated games of all time right. and i wonder if you can do something similar with halo not in the way you know that game approached its revitalization but just doing something yeah. new. i was mm. gonna say odst was a great like it, yeah. it's i know mm. it, it's pretty much the exact same gameplay as, the, as Halo 3 and 2, except you're not playing as a, as a super soldier with like shields and stuff, but it was kind of a similar intent there. And I feel as though if maybe you wanted to bring in different gameplay elements, you could do like a Halo Marine or something like that and yeah. go through the different units and not make it a the Spartan thing. Maybe that's how they diversify the genre and make sure that all the series rather and make it kind of more up to date. I mm -hmm. don't know. I feel as though leaning into Master Chief in this day and age is a little bit of a crutch. That's the thing. And I, yeah, I mean, the, the reason for me, the reason that those older games were so fascinating, even the it works for Gears 2, is that it was an upward trajectory from one creative team going like, okay, we're going to do this next, then this next, then this next. And you could tell that they all, they had a bunch of ideas they just couldn't put into one game, so we'll do it next time. Then, you know, the, the knock-on effect of handing it over to someone else is that they just didn't have that creative foundation. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, well, I guess we're all just curious what the hell Halo even is at this point. Um, but maybe it'll work. Uh, number six is 
Doom Eternal with 18 points. Um, this is something that it got delayed from last year. Um, but I, for me, I just want more Doom. I adore the 2016 one. I'm yeah, this, oh, this is where I'm at for most of the games on this list, I think, that mm. I'm excited for them. But there's nothing that's really getting me hyped because it's all, or it feels like it's all more of something. And I love right, Doom right. 2016, and I love returning to that game. And when I look at Doom Eternal, I'm thinking, my God, the gore in this is <laughs> insane. But I can't get the you know the passion for it that mm. I, I'm going back to Rich. I'm mentioning Rich so much in this podcast. He's I've not in the room, sadly. So much. But um, <laughs> I feel like, you know, people get really excited for this and that's so cool. Mm -hmm. But I just wish I had that same fire because I know I'm going to enjoy it. I know I'm going to definitely play it day one. But I just want something to kick me up the arse a little bit and <laughs> say, this is why you need to be really, really excited for this and drop everything and look right, forward right, to right. it. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think um, that's the thing with Doom is that they had this amazing engine and they managed to, like, recontextualize Doom Guy. They sort of have this whole weird story narrative thing where it is the actual Doom Guy from the original one that somehow has survived all this time but he's only annoyed about the fact that everyone keeps going like you're the you're the prolific messiah and he's like I don't care he's I'm just going to punch him he's a very naughty boy <laughs> he really is like you know he, he's getting exposition and different tutorial prompts and he's just breaking everything around him he's like I don't care I just want to kill everything um, and I quite like that they sort of like you know they make that sort of the meta narrative that you do just want to kill everything and doom who cares about the story yeah. I so think, I yeah. think I agree with Josh it's, it basically is more of the same not to say mm. that, that that is a bad thing but you know it, it, when you're looking at games that you really want to get behind it tends to be stuff that does feel genuinely new Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that, you know, the new Doom series doesn't have its place in the FPS genre. I think it's a, a unique entity compared to what we've been given mm -hmm. for, you know, the past console generation or the past two console generations. So I'm really excited for it. But again, I kind of see the, not the trepidation, but kind of just the lukewarm kind of like, oh, yeah, no, I'm good. I know what you mean. I think the, the thing that seems to separate Doom is that sort of like combat chess feel where it's like, well, melees give you more ammo. And if I use this ability, then I can get more health. And it's like they've added to that with the, the new energy sword. And they've got like a shoulder mounted predator cannon now uh, that spews fire and stuff. And it's like that idea of you, know, you play like you approach, you approach different arenas of enemies in a very specific way, and it's like you're always keeping an eye on your health meter and things like that. So I think that can get away from it just being a big gore fest. But depends how much they play into that in terms of making that more of the the signature Doom element. Yeah, stuff. I think it's because I view that and Wolfenstein as sort of you know kind mm. of like this. Mm synonymous thing you know right. Bethesda brought these classic IPs back and breathed new life into them and I thought Doom the original uh, 2016 game was so good and the first Wolfenstein was so good mm. and treated these IPs in kind of a way that you know was honorable to their past but did something new mm -hmm. got people interested in them but then Wolfenstein's sequel kind of didn't really know what to do after it sort of you know oh, I love brought sequel. it back I uh -huh. thought it was more of the same like I, I I did really enjoy it I mm. really enjoyed playing it. I thought it was tight but I didn't feel like they built on it in enough okay of a way I don't know I'm just I worry that Doom Eternal is going to do the same like you said mm -hmm. we had that great kind of meta narrative about the Doom guy in the first game and I wonder I just hope they don't lean on that too much again I want them to sort of yeah. double down on it and not just kind of I don't know. It's hard. It's hard being. I feel like I'm down on a game. It's I'm really looking forward to. It's still between us. I know it's yeah. New Year. Yeah. It's still in that weird period where it's just like, what is time? Yeah. What, is that, what is time as a concept? If we're talking about games, we'll get onto this. But if we're talking about high-profile games that I'm like, eh, then we'll get to one of them in a bit. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. 
But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Um, but for now, number five, uh, Senua Saga Hellblade 2 with 19 points. Um, this is something that I think will just will completely come into its own in the sequel, uh, mainly because the whole point with Ninja Theory with the original one was mainly focused on like the graphic, the presentation of it, uh, making something look like a AAA game with an indie budget. Um, and I'm just, for me, I'm so curious what the hell they do with that character. Um, I love the world that they've built. I think the combat had so much, like there was so much you could clearly go from where they started. Um, it was a very like simplistic combat system in the original. Um, so for me, that would be the game that has the most to offer, I think. Um, in terms of like new stuff. Yeah, I'm the most interested. I think I'll put this as number two or something on mine because mm. I really enjoyed the first one, but I didn't ever imagine a world where there was going to be a sequel. I know, yeah. Even when um, Ninja Theory really was bought <laughs> by Microsoft, I didn't even consider the fact that this could happen. <laughs> yeah. So that it is, it makes sense from a business standpoint because that first Hellblade was so big and such a surprise, mm. but I don't know where they're going to take it, which is exciting because they might mess it up, but they might do something <laughs> really interesting and special. Mm. I thought for me, the first game from a gameplay perspective, had a lot of flaws. There was a lot of repetition, like you mm-hmm. said. The combat was cool, but there's so much you can build on top of that. But for me, the story and the narrative and the character of Senua kind of finished it off in a sort of... It was self-contained in mm-hmm. my eyes, mm-hmm. and I don't know how you continue that story, which to me is the mm-hmm. biggest hook, mm-hmm. but I'm really excited to see what they do with it. I think it'll be a flashback, just because mm-hmm. in the little trailer they put out alongside the Xbox Series X, um, seems to show like when her tribe were like fully operational and uh, and taken on this like, warring tribe, and it's like all of that stuff is in the past in the original one. Um, and if they're calling it Senua's Saga, then maybe they're just going to make things that plug into different parts of the timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, you did you get a chance to play it? No, I didn't. I really wanted to, though. I was put off by people saying that it just wasn't that... Th- I, there was a lot of talk about it being very repetitive, and I was just yeah. like, that well, did put me there. But the story off, yeah. really drew me, drew me in. I love the connotation, the commentary on mental health and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it's a shame if this is Microsoft, it's going to be an Xbox exclusive, anyways. Yes. So that means I, I, it's a no from me. But <laughs> that's a shame because I really want to check it out because mm-hmm. it's again a new law, new mythos. I'm really excited to see that kind of. It's not for me. I kind of got the impression that even though it was a fantasy game, it was genuinely unique. It didn't lean mm-hmm. into many cliches, and that's a good thing considering so much of the fantasy genre these days is so cliche. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for it in that respect. Yeah, man. You can tell Ninja Theory did an absolute ton of research for it as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm always giving mixed signals with Hellblade because I love everything about it other than the fact of the rune puzzles, which make up like 70% of that game. So when I was going through it, I was always like, oh God, more of these. <laughs> but ultimately, I do think it's obviously a worthwhile thing. Uh, number four, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 with 21 points. That is my, I'm throwing my card in yeah. as game I could not care less about right now. Really? But I wish I did. I I just yeah. want to see it. You guys like, have way more positive. The thing is, like, it. it's it's not even a case of like I'm excited for it. It's like it's one of those. I feel as though I've come kind of bummed out by the just the the ham-fisted marketing, just mm. the EEC from from CD Projekt Red in so many regards. <laughs> um, but at the same time, you know, I'm still curious because it's mm-hmm. they made The Witcher. Yes, and you know, this is still an interesting um, angle to go for. I think I definitely, I think you've said to me before that if you're going to do cyberpunk, you should really go unique and you mm. know, go full ham with it. And I feel as though they're kind of 
everything we have seen so far is a little bit derivative, maybe mm. not even a little bit, just very derivative. Quite hammy. Um, yeah. And I want it to be good. Like, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, it's a first-person shooter as well, so I definitely think they've they've gotten a great premise here, and they're not taking it to a great conclusion. Mm. Um, that might be premature to say, you know, the game isn't out yet, but at the same time, I definitely understand the trepidation. I'm just at this point now where I'm like, I can't be asked for the discourse. I just want to see what it, what it's like now. Yeah, and just, yeah. you know, that sounds really kind of downbeat, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I, I do want to get hands on with it and just see what it's like. Well, that kind of plays into my thing. My, my thing is that I'm, I'm a stickler for new abilities, new things in games, and I, I come to CDPR for that. If you look at the trajectory of the Witcher series, they made massive fundamental differences from one to two to three, and obviously three was the one that went as the biggest. Um, and I adore the Witcher three. I'm like 600 hours in it or something, um, like literally. And it's like, you know, at this point, I'm like, oh my God, it's the next thing from CDPR. But when I look at the gameplay for literally so far nothing has been I've gone oh I can't wait to do that I've just gone like yep it's a whole load of cyberpunk ephemera but I, I, I'm not zeroing in on one particular thing it's yeah. like dialogue trees and it's like it looks a lot like Deus Ex in terms of the way that you're going to play it mm. um, and that is fine like obviously going to give us the most polished version of that um, but I want something new and I don't know if the, the new thing is just the scope like you said maybe we'll just wait and see but I wish there was something where I go oh my god that's going to change the industry or that's going to be you know the that's reason it's a new thing because yeah. well, it's all like arm blades and like dialogue trees and it looks cool but I totally get that but for me when I went to The Witcher 3 I thought the same thing like when I look at the core gameplay of The Witcher 3 that's the least interesting part for me like it's the world and how you can impact that world that's Mm. so exciting and if that carries over over to Cyberpunk 2077 is that the title? 2077. 2077. 2020 is the the book. (laughs) I'm losing my mind. That's it. Yeah sorry. Um, Yeah when when you um Obviously, you go over to that. If, if you can have the same impact on the world and you can still mm. tell these stories and the way that they've talked about it, they said that it was going to be not a small game in The Witcher 3. It's going to take you less time to complete. Mm. But that gives you more options for replayability. There's going to be way more open-ended, you know, resolutions to quests. And that's what excites me the mm. most. The fact that I can actually impact a world because when I come to CDPR's games, I don't really go there for the pure mechanical inventiveness, although mm. they are always quite solid. But they even only got solid around The Witcher 3. Like, if you go back and play... Oh, Witcher two, 2 and 3, yeah. For me, The Witcher 2 isn't quite there in terms really? of, you know, raw combat and stuff right, and right, exploration, right. but Witcher 3 was a step up. Mm-hmm. And I look at Cyberpunk and I think about how kind of smooth the trailers have been, mm-hmm. but it's one of those games that where I'm with you and on it, where I just want to play it. I've seen yeah. so much of it. Mm-hmm. I've seen the big 40-minute demo that came out a few years ago now, mm-hmm. yeah. and at this point, I just need it in my hands to get excited about yeah. it again, because I feel like I've seen all that I need to see. My thing is, and, and, and this is the most petty thing in the world, but I wish it was third person. Right. I'm honestly not over that. I I hate that it's first person. I just I wish that it was the Witcher 3 style. Like the combat I love the combat system in The Witcher 3. Um and like you know that was one of the things that elevated so much more from Witcher 2 and it's just like you know have like, iterate on that. Don't switch over completely to an FPS, something that you've never done before. And so it makes me trepidatious. Um but yeah, I adore synthwave music cyberpunk stuff. It should be the most my jam ever, <laughs> but I don't know there's just something about it that I think I could do with the, seeing more of it or Maybe something. Maybe that's like why. Point. Maybe it's cuz it's so you that mm. you feel like I've, I've, you've you've you're so suspicious. Yeah, Maybe yeah. Suspicious. Like it can't be this good. Yeah, it yeah. can't be the thing that I need. Uh, number three is Ghost of Tsushima with Woo! 21 points. It was Mr. Ewan's number one, I think. Yes. yes. Uh, I'm so excited for this. I think, uh, you know, you guys know that I, I love history. I love playing games that give me the chance to get immersed in a certain historical mm. setting. And we've been crying out for a game set <laughs> uh, in feudal Japan for, for years yes. now. You know, Assassin's Creed's not going to do it. Then, of course, uh, Sucker Punch have come in now and said mm. they're going to do it. And everything about it just looks incredible. I'm so excited for it. I've gotten into back into my Kurosawa face as well <laughs> the films on blu-ray over christmas so yeah i'm just anything that is going to be and for me this looks like red Dead redemption 2 but make it in you know feudal japan it mm. looks similarly ambitious 
narratively, presentation looks incredible. It does as look well. gorgeous, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, even though I definitely see some points to be concerned, I know they haven't really distinguished the gameplay as being anything too unique That's so far. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I feel as though if the presentation and the world is that immersive, it's going to not matter too much to me personally. Yeah. This is basically what I look for in a video game. I mean, so like Horizon Zero Dawn like might not have had that, well, anything original in terms of gameplay, but it did everything it did do so well that it still carried it. I think with Ghost of Tsushima, it reminds me of the way the samurai games, but with mm. like the wider sort of world of the newer Assassin's Creeds. So I think there's a lot of elements that they can draw from to just make it completely badass. And like you said, the setting, the setting for me is the big thing yeah. um, in terms of the armor designs and just the environment and everything. Are you the same? Yeah, I would Jimmy? fully agree. I'm so hyped for this game, not only because <laughs> it looks so good and I love the setting and I'm going to do the exact same thing you're going to do you and get into my Kurosawa phase again. But because <laughs> I feel like when it comes to Sony's first party lineup over the past few years, obviously it's been amazing, but we've seen every single studio under their umbrella kind of step up a notch. Like mm. you said, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, I felt was a big step up for Guerrilla Games. Even Sony Bend released Days Gone last year. And mm. while that wasn't uh-huh. quite the caliber of the rest, yeah. it was a step up from what they were doing before. Yeah, we haven't quite seen that from Sucker Punch, partly because they've only released one game this generation in um, Infamous Second Son, which was good. But I feel like now they've got a new IP, now they've got this new creative lease on life. You expect them to, like the rest of the studios, ratchet it up a notch. Yeah. And I want to see what Sucker Punch firing on all cylinders looks like. Mm-hmm. So that's really exciting for me and it's exciting for the future of the PlayStation brand as a whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to get like, because they, yeah, I want to get hands on with the combat system because when they initially showed it off, it was very much like a, almost like a rock, paper, scissors, like attacking, counter-attacking type thing, which is like souls adjacent, but I hope that they've like way, focused it way in. Weirdly, have, having come from Jedi Fallen Order now, it looks like, yeah, souls adjacent, it looks kind of similar to that. In the mm-hmm. sense that you have your sword, you pull it out, you've got to be mindful of counters and mm-hmm. stuff. I'm curious to see how the stealth aspect comes into play because obviously mm-hmm. that's more, the, 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 the titular ghost of Tsushima in this seems as though he's part samurai, part Ronin part ninja <laughs> thing so I'm interested to see how they pull those different mm-hmm. mechanics across um, so yeah I'm, I'm really down for it it looks sweet that was your number one and um, this is great because the way that the top threes worked out is it's all of our number ones nice. uh, so number three was uh, Ghost of Tsushima 21 points my number two or my number one sorry but as is at number two is Final Fantasy 7's remake with uh, 24 points which just looks like the best thing in the world <laughs> to be honest every single thing they've been uh, drip feeding out with that just looks Cardinal absolutely gorgeous Sin here. I've never played the original Final Fantasy now this GP so, so I'm absolutely I. hyped to play this I'm, I'm sorry by people who, whose lives could be so much better. I'm sorry for being seven. born out <laughs> here. <laughs> but this is why it's so exciting because yes. we're still mm-hmm. an, like we're anticipating this game because it looks so interesting. And like we said in the news video this mm-hmm. morning, I finally get to play this game that I've heard so much about, that I know so much about. I practically know every beat of the story mm-hmm. or okay. all the big ones. But I being able to contextualize all that in a new sort of, you know, I don't know, a new approach to it, a new spin on it, mm-hmm. a d- definitive edition, perhaps, mm-hmm. bringing back old content. It's exciting for me, even mm-hmm. though I have no attachment to the original game. I was watching the opening for the remake and the opening for the original side by side. Yep. And it, that even blew me away. I was blown away by a Zoom this morning. Well, even, <laughs> even the thing that they do with Aerith in the remake, the way that they, it's pretty much the same actions where she's walking through one of the streets in Midgard, but the way that they just show her looking at this leaking pipe, which is like, ties into the whole idea of like, you know, the nuclear reactor that's in that city and the what the nuclear reactors mean in that game and everything. They pretty much tie her entire arc into her opening actions and I adore that. It's just little things that you can tell, you know, they've lived with this franchise for 20 years um, and we all have. Um, and it's just like, yeah, they're going to go back and, and tweak little bits and bobs and there's, they've changed some story stuff around. They're seeding Sephiroth way earlier in the game uh, who's like the main villain but like the, he basically comes into the story in a major way in the second half of the original whereas now they're just going like, okay, this is the full script because like, if you read into the whole history of Final Fantasy 7, it was translated by one person. Um, same as Metal Gear. Um, and it was just the, the English translation had a whole bunch of errors but they didn't have any patches back then so they never changed it. Um, and obviously at this 
this point, I feel like they're going back and going like, okay, that should have been there, that should have been there, and just making it work and just editing it in a way better way. Um, in terms of you were saying you know most of the plot beats, mm-hmm. Ewan, what do you know right now? Very little. I know there's a whole eco message going on, which is incredibly depressing given that it's 20 <laughs> years on from the, when that, la- that game released. It's going to be so poignant. Nothing has changed. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to crying about that. Um, <laughs> a game play, is this the one where someone gets stabbed and it's really sad? It could be. <laughs> yeah, I think Maybe. Yeah, it could probably. be. I don't know. I know all about that then. Uh, it's the person that I'm thinking of. That's like, still not um, yeah. the biggest stuff in that. It's one of the biggest yeah. things in that game. But there's a lot of big reveals, like Vader, I'm your father style seismic reveals. There's one big reveal that I would say is bigger than the stabby thing mm. um, that I think uh, isn't as well known. So I think a lot of people would be surprised by that. Um, but like I said, I think the way that they're seeding all that stuff is great. Um, so we'll see. Number one is The Last of Us 2 with 28 points. We all had this extremely high Yay. and it was gorgeous. Um, Last of Us 2, I think, just for me, it's the characters. Just seeing Joel's old face made me cry. And I think even just anything with them, they can do anything. Naughty Dog could completely phone in on the gameplay side and I wouldn't care as long as the story is worthwhile. Yeah, I'm the exact same. The gameplay itself, I think, from that one gameplay-centric trailer we've seen looked really interesting and cinematic mm. and way more dynamic than the first Last of Us. Because I thought, even though Uncharted is the Naughty Dog game that you go to when you think of, you know, interesting combat that you're swinging around all over the place, mm. you're doing these agile moves. I thought the intensity of the original game's um, mechanics shouldn't be overlooked. Like the scrapping mm. in that game, throwing a brick at someone and then clocking <laughs> them in the face felt so good and uh-huh. felt so, you know, gritty and down to earth. I feel like if you transfer that over to The Last of Us 2 on mm. a new generation and you build on that, it might have the sort of caliber of gameplay to match its story, which I'm yeah. sure will be mm. good. And like you said, this might... I don't know if it should exist. It might be disappointing from a story perspective, but I would just want to spend more time with these characters, and I trust in Naughty Dog and Neil Druckmann to deliver something good. Yeah, Yeah. when this was first announced, I was very, very worried, because I felt that The Last of Us worked so well as just a self-contained singular story, and so far I feel as though I've kind of been proven wrong I'm looking forward to seeing mm. what they actually do here I do feel as though they probably found the narrative justification to you know really propel this series going forward uh, if it does come uh, any place afterwards that'd be really weird my only uh, worry at the moment is the is the barrier gaze trope which mm. is very prevalent in the last mm. trailer but at the same time you know I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with, with I'm with hoping that's really. an inversion but yeah. I know the way that that trailer's edited it does seem like they've maybe gone down a route that they could have yeah. done something more with but at the same time um, twice we've been proven wrong with Naughty like thinking that we don't need another sequel then Uncharted 4 happened and then Lost Legacy happened yeah. and it was like both of those were brilliant I actually prefer Lost Legacy to the main Uncharted games anyway um, and I think that yeah in regards to like you said Neil Druckmann just taking full reign like Bruce Trilley sort of stepped away a little bit um, I just think that like he was the their opening statement when they announced it was we wouldn't be doing this if it didn't if it didn't feel like it, ne- it was necessary and I just, I just assume there's more that they that dying to get out there in regards to the characters yeah there's obviously like the worry when you like look at the trailers and you worry that it might just be grim and violent mm. for the sake of it but when it comes to the most recent Naughty Dog games especially the ones by Neil Druckmann, Uncharted mm-hmm. 4 especially, I think that they are mature in sort of toning content as well as like kind of just being violent. Mm-hmm. Like they always have something interesting and heavy to say about violence in general. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Neil Druckmann keeps coming out and saying this is about cycles of violence and, and hate. trying to break that and hate and stuff makes me feel like it's not just going to be this kind of edgy, gritty, post-apocalyptic drama. It's going to have real kind of human nuance to it, at mm-hmm. least I hope. And that's why I hope that the trailer is mm-hmm. misleading mm-hmm. and they do do something more kind of complex yeah. or, you know, surprising with sort of the way the narrative is set up, which mm-hmm. I, I do hope they do. Do you think this, uh, as like a sort of closing thing, do you think this will be the last one, that this is the one time they can go back to it, and if they pull this off, that'll be near enough a miracle? Or because it's called part two, will we get more? Who knows? Like, yeah. Yeah. Which is the case, like, I feel as though it's too hard. I, I thought Last of Us would just be the Last of Us. 
this, but like you know, they've gone, <laughs> it they've is called the last. Yes, yeah, so they've gone. They've done part two, so it's going to be last two last. The two more of us, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two last, two laster. Um, yeah, I don't know. The um, I because they're calling it part two, like that makes me think that they could do more stories. I, I love the world that they've set up, and there's a lot of stuff in the um, the theories that are doing the rounds at the minute in regards to the what's happening with the different factions in that world. Like the Fireflies have become this sort of like different thing. Like, oh, they're they're warring with um, I feel what you call the New Order, the new religious sect. Um, oh, that is trying to assassinate the, the fireflies. Didn't know all this when we did the theory video, um, which you can go and find. But um, yeah, at the same time, I think that they're doing more with seeding the world and saying that, well, these different factions are coming up, which plays into the cycle of violence stuff um, and the idea of like human nature repeating itself and forever being at war with one another. Yeah, I feel like if we do see another game, because I feel like Sony won't want to let The Last of Us mm. brand go, I'm not sure if it'll be by Naughty Dog, just because I feel like, you know, Neil Druckmann's done this, but like you said, Bruce Straley's kind of stepped away from the company. I mm. wonder if they'll want to do like a new IP or something new. They've sort of retired Uncharted. Mm. Maybe they do The Last of Us Part Two, finish the, the story of Ellie and Joel, but keep the world kind of there for other people to explore different avenues, mm -hmm. whether it's down spin-offs or whatever, and then kind of jump onto something new. I don't mm. know. I hope, yeah, I hope that after this, because it used to be they do a trilogy, a spin-off kart racing game, which we didn't get, <laughs> didn't get Last of Us Kart Racing, um, or Uncharted, and then do a new IP. So uh, assumedly with the PS5, it'll be something new. Um, but considering the 10 games that we have, like 2020 is already pretty damn stellar, and most of these are coming in the first five months. Yeah. So it looks good, it's but It's exciting, yeah. yeah. We've got new consoles coming out at the end of the year, I know. guys. Like, that's what I'm hyped for. It's ridiculous. But yeah, let us know what you think down in the comments below of your personal favorites or come find us on social media if you're listening along on the audio platforms. For now, though, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast and I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by you and Patterson. That was a really good little little. I ran out of air and then I thought <laughs> I'll... I couldn't do the rhythm. Do a descending beat. I'm you and Patterson. Bump, he is. Bump, bump. I'm just going to deadpan this. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>